10th of March, continuation of the group laws. This third law is one that all of you know quite well. Everyone that's on the path knows this law. All initiates, all um, people in the that are spiritually inclined are pretty aware of this particular law, this, this particular basis to the Bodhisattva path, and it's called the law of service. Everyone understands the need to serve if one wants to become enlightened or just if one becomes a good planetary citizen. And um, so on the whole, I don't have to say all that much about this particular law because it is so well understood. And it's the southeast arm of the direction of in space, which is expression. It's the expression into manifestation of the law of sacrifice. It's the southeast arm of the direction of space, which is um, expression. And it's the energy of the northeast arm, which is the law of sacrifice, that manifests in the southern direction uh, to produce the law of service. So you sacrifice your time, your energy, and everything else you can think of as you serve. It makes sense, does it not? Um, so it's what is sown into activity and the law of service is the mechanism that helps you produce charitable goods, deeds, I mean. It helps you to produce the karma that inevitably is liberating. The, um, the esoteric name for this term for this law is the law of the water and the fishes. And it's the path of aspiration. So you can see all those that aspire towards enlightenment, to aspire for union of God or any other deity, concept of deity, do so through concepts of service. They start off, of course, with service to their religious community, sometimes to the community around them. Everyone starts off in the whole service to the family and the family concept later on. It's to the nation or to a group or society, um, to an organisation that's benefiting the planet in some sort of way. There are numerous ways of doing this service, but it's the path of aspiration. It's that which starts the whole path to enlightenment, and it's obvious enough. The governing ray is the sixth, and you can see again devotion, aspiration, and service are all linked by this sixth ray. It's the sixth ray is the driving energy that motivates you to serve, to want to give, to want to help, to want to heal, all of those things that beneficence are beneficent to others and to yourself. I said in my book, one of my books, I think earlier in this book, that of course the service that you do starts off with serving yourself. And I'm not talking in terms of serving yourself in a selfish way, which of course most people do. And for some people that's the only form of service they know. But I'm thinking in terms of serving yourself, in terms of learning how to heal yourself, learning how to heal your mind, your emotions, how to control tempo or whatever it is that may be there, how to eliminate discordant mental activity and Specifically, this concept of healing and every aspect of healing is also the field of service. And how you heal, as I said, it's, you start with yourself because you see all the impediments to enlightenment that you yourself have. All of your samskaras that prevent you from being a better planetary citizen. And those things that you do that cause sickness to yourself and sickness you know, generally to the environment around. So this um, concept of healing and service are quite synonymous.
Because when you're serving, what you're seeing is areas of discord within yourself, in your family, in the environment or social structure around you, and you're trying to fix up that discord to make things more harmonious, to make it so there's joy and goodwill flowing from those around you. And the path of aspiration happens at every level, if you wish, of of the initiation path. You know, after the third initiation, you're an aspirant on of the cosmic path and you turn yourself you turn around in your service you're starting to focus away from humanity per se and you're starting to look at the divas properly and shambhala to the kingdom of god to the hierarchy and later on to cosmic entities and you begin to look at this concept of service on a far vaster scale and that's also an aspirant because the third initiation is really the first cosmic initiation and so you aspire to the higher domains. So the path of aspiration happens at every level of expression at progressively higher states of identification with the all for each new cycle of initiation activity ahead. The process leads from the first to the seventh initiation, which is the highest initiation a person can attain upon this planet. Yeah, I'm not too sure whether um, the seventh was actually taken on this planet. There would be only for the Christ. Just a very few individuals, um, the great majority of course, will leave this planet to um, take that initiation elsewhere. The associated beatitude is seeing the multitudes he went up into a mountain. So basically the concept behind this and of, of if you're thinking in terms of the, the way it relates to this path of law of service and Jesus, there's the multitude and they're hungry for information. They're desirous for what you have to give, for what you can give to them. And so they're approaching you asking for your beneficence and then you start climbing the mountain to give to them that information and climbing the mountain of course is the mount of initiation it's the mount relating to the passing of all the testings for initiation of overcoming your lower desire nature and all of those other things that prevent you from adequately serving that multitude adequately receiving the impressions of course as you go higher into the mountain so you go closer and closer to the sources of illumination of revelation of the inspiration from the king of god so you can see this the multitude come you go up higher in order to give to them and you stand high in order to give to those below in the southern direction to you. The sign earlier presented was that of Aries because it signifies the initial urges, the inner promptings that causes one to aspire to achieve lofty ambitions, to walk the path to light. The general keynote of the path of service, however, is Aquarian. It is the energy of the presence of the Christ upon the mountaintop administering to the needs of the multitude of aspirants that have come to receive the living bread of life from the serving one. So you can see um, the dispenser of the bread of life, and this is what Jesus literally did in the Sermon on the Mountain. He dispensed the bread of life, the turning of the fishes and the loaves, into food that could feed the 5,000 that had gathered. And this is an Aquarian attribute. It's nice, isn't it, not 
uh, when you actually understand astrology esoterically, you can begin to join a lot of dots that are in the, the myths or in religious scripture. It is, it is the energy of the presence of the Christ upon the mountaintop administering to the needs of the multitude of aspirants that have come to receive the living bread of life from the serving one. His presence to draw them all up to greater heights is also an effect of the law of magnetic impulse of the second ray energy that he wields. So the law of magnetic impulse draws them to you and you manifest the law of service to give to them that which they need, the bread of life, the gospel of truth. And so you can begin to see the way these laws interrelate and work together. The esoteric application of the water and the fishes implies the waters of life, the energy of bodhicitta, that is dispensed from on high by the serving one to vitalize the fishes, the aspirants and disciples swimming in the murky depths of samsara. So you get an idea of the water and the fishes. You are the aquarium dispensing the water to those that are the fishes that have not yet overcome the murkiness of their mental emotional samskaras. And so they swim within that and you're trying to uplift them, free them from, sometimes I use the term murky muck or watery muck. The key quality of the aspirant, in brackets, apart from inherently selfish, self-serving motives, because of course, as all of you know, aspirant still has selfish, self-serving motives. Otherwise, they wouldn't be aspirants. They would be initiates. It's the desire to serve, to help others, the planetary situation or their concept of God in some way. For this reason, they are drawn to listen to the accomplished one upon the mountaintop. What they receive causes them to devote themselves to the cause by taking up the challenge to tread the path of discipleship. They aspire to better themselves and the lives of others all around them. And as they do so, the effects of the dispensation of this group law draws them to others with whom they can best serve. So you can see this relationship. You serve others, and to those others that you serve, they draw to them others that they give out that information will be in a diluted form, but that's the way it works. And so this law of magnetic impulse um, via the law of service produces an attractive energy that brings all eventually to the one. Because, of course, the serving one is similarly working in relationship to the ashram, the master wisdom or Shambhala, and is aspiring upwards and is drawing them all that way. And it's all up the mountaintop. Together they develop as a group, learning from mistakes made and the results of individual triumphs. They symbolically stand at the southeast arm of understanding of this cross of direction and space. He has received the living blood dispensed by those standing upon the mountainous northeast direction that have sacrificed they're all for, their, for the law. And what I'm really driving here is the mutable cross and the way it is working. So you go from the, the northeast of sacrifice and you go to this southeast and of expression and then you go to the southwest of understanding and then emanatory goodwill. But from the elementary goodwill is also the living blood. Anyway, the living blood dispensed by those standing upon the mountain's northeast direction, which is again this law of um, sacrifice. Sacrifice, they're all for the law. So this blood comes through to feed the fishes. And this is well described in the Bible, of course, with the symbolism of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
praying for he was arrested in the morning three times saying praying earnestly nevertheless not my will but thine be done and the bible says that he actually sweated drops of blood as it were and this uh, concept of um, sweating your living blood into the soil for the sacrifice of the many so this gives you an idea of the initiations ahead okay the candidate learns humbleness upon this path because of the many difficulties encountered and all serving disciples the truly the ones that are truly serving of course stumble over many many pitfalls upon the way they understand or they begin to learn some of their own incapacities, their incapabilities, their samskaras that prevent them from serving the way that they idealistically would love to serve. So they have lots of idealism, but often the flesh does not follow the dreams. So, And then, of course, sometimes the service accomplishment produces many, many challenges that's very difficult to overcome. And it's only as a group that often these challenges can be met. And therefore, humbleness is the key aspect that climbing up this mount of initiation as an aspirant is what it teaches you. The ego starts to go. Uh, Your pride starts to fall away. And of course, many that want to hang on to their pride and ego also fall away from this law of service. Selfish service is one of the pitfalls of the path. And what one of the masters says, do not count your pennies as you serve uh, or as you give. The path is not to, to count your you know, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that. Um, and then so you've got this scorecard and then therefore I'm, I'm owned this and this and this or I expect this and this as a consequence of these things. And many aspirants serve like that. And those aspirants that actually serve like that as they keep a scorecard of, of, of what they give, uh, how much they've donated, donated to the group and have energy and time and whatever, these are the ones that fall away. One of the things with the path, which all of us know, is that it's extended over a long period of time so that um, there's no quick rewards. So that for those that actually want to pass the initiation tests, they have to be tested over the time, the challenge of time, so that all these pitfalls start to fall away. So what they expect and uh, the rewards they expect to get, they will not get when they expect to get it. They will only get it when they forget themselves and just simply serve. The candidate learns humbleness upon this path because of the many difficulties encountered. Samsara is not easy to master. Many devotional prayers, invocations and mantras are offered to deity by those beginning on this path to gain blessings, revelations and eventually enlightenment. Inevitably the mantras become automatic, spontaneous the emanation of the heart attuned to all of the intonations of nature. So you can see again with regards to this path of service, there's many mantras, many devotional aspirations and invocations and and attitudes, pujas and all of these things that, that the aspirants do in order to gain beneficence from on high or to awaken perceptions. But you actually have to look at the motive. What are the real motives behind these things? And sometimes it's selfishness hidden there. Sometimes it's true altruistic 
darkness and so forth. So all this is taken into account. Humbleness is the key to the law of service that opens the gate to the advanced forms of watery activity upon the cosmic astral shores. In humble and obedient, do the members of an ashram come to view the astounding revelations and beauty coming from the masters of wisdom. Via the pole opposite, governing the law of the lower four, of the southeastern arm of the cross of hierarchical activity. So you can see that the whole purpose of service is to produce humbleness, is to produce, to give the, the disciple the real challenges for their psyche that gives them things that they can stumble over, from which they can learn, samskaras that they need to master, and, and if they can do so, then the gates of initiation can open before them. And of course, for all aspirants, the concept of the master or the Jesus figure or the Krishna, these loom big in their eyes later on um, will not be so important. Rather, what must come in that place is just simply the service work of the group, the group service to produce the vision of the group so that the many can be helped rather than a personal devotional aspiration to a personal god or, or saviour figure. And concept of the saviour figure, of course, is the mystical path, whereas the devotion to the plan is much more uh, an occult path, which is this law of service. The way of service constitutes the entire bodhisattva vow and resultant path. It leads to shunyata and the inevitable closing of the doors of the need to reincarnate. Bodhisattvas, however, continue to do so as a group they progress upon the upward way. Liberation from the wheel of samsara is to gain as they travel to the portals of cosmic temple of love wisdom. In so moving, they draw all those that they are committed to serve up to the domain where they too can move on. And so the process continues until samsara no longer exists. They do so as part of groups, exoteric and esoteric, and so the Aquarian dispensation manifests through them. So you can see that this whole concept of service is one of liberation, and liberation in such a way that what is known as samsara will eventually no longer be. It's a form of transmutation of substance. You work upon your own samskaras, you work upon the samskaras of the group and then the wider group around. And as the samskaras are cleansed, transformed and transmuted, so the attributes of samsara are eliminated, washed away. This law, therefore, is the keynote of the age we are now entering. And increasingly, more groups of inspired ones will manifest their arenas of service in all seven ray departments of life. And... One of the problems, of course, with a lot of disciples, they think almost entirely in terms of religious idolism. And they often omit the fact that there are seven departments or seven ways of service. And then there's the seven times seven sub-ways. And so the great majority of service are not necessarily religious. Or if they are, it is second uh, a second aspect to their being. They simply doctors and you know teachers and lawyers and and financiers or whatever. If they're doing all of that, 
for altruistic motives. So when I say religion, I'm also talking about the New Age religion, specifically the New Age religions. And they, they tend to think that their New Age religion or their ism is the only, you know, as, as the, the spiritual way is the path, and they do not often think of the fact that a scientist may be ser- serving and just as spiritual as them, even though the scientist is atheistic, if the scientist is sincerely working to help humanity. And that's one thing that disciples have to learn, that there's more ways to God than just the way of religious aspiration or spiritual aspiration. Decentralized self-initiated service will increasingly become the hallmark of the serving ones. So this is a major concept that's decentralized. A lot, as I said, the counting of your pennies as you serve, where you put yourself in the center of the group and say, I am serving and I'm doing this and this and my charitable works. That goes and basically the old Aquarian way of service is more decentralized. It works by a group always, but there's not necessary, and, and not in the occurring way, a group centre. Each individual can become the group centre when they have something to contribute. And more and more, these types of decentralised Aquarian groups will manifest as this Aquarian age goes on. The Piscean era had generally the group leader or the group centre, the the guru in the in the centre, and the the guru then gave the law, and even with a master, if the master is incarnate and. Also, with this decentralized form, the group may recognize the higher initiate and should will always recognize the higher initiate, the one who's got most to give, and they listen and follow. But the higher initiate does not demand that it's done because they're such and such an initiate. They offer themselves as the example to follow because each initiate, each disciple, have to actually manifest the law of service through self-initiated activity. But the group is around to offer advice, to offer help, and of course the teacher or the central one, the one that's the higher initiate, has got the greatest wisdom and reasoning ability and can set with the groups working in accord the, the group service work. In the new era, however, the group members will together demonstrate leadership abilities, each with their own specialized niche that adds to the beauty of the combined venture. The Dharma, the overall body of teachings, and the inner revelations accorded to each meditating unit becomes the teacher. If there is a central teacher, then such a one simply becomes a guide pointing away, a living example of what can be accomplished, and a fellow server similarly striving to achieve greater heights of revelation. Impersonality, and not the ego posturing of the central one, becomes the way to greater light for all. The Aquarian is ever the one bearing a pitcher of water that is perpetually full to dispense to the needs of others. The symbol of this law, however, is that the pitcher is upon the head because it expresses the right use of the mind, the development of wisdom and mental poise to thus serve. Here, the service work is not a burden which carrying the picture upon the shoulder signifies, but rather a sense of joy and accomplishment. And from the liberation from the mayor of things that such service denotes, inevitably we have that spontaneous outpouring of love that comes as a consequence of having the heart centre awakened and the presence of hierarchy of love pouring their blessing via the serving one. 
The emotional ones can thereby come to think properly about their life's activities and also learn to appropriately serve in accordance with group law and direction. Eventually, the consecrated group can come to be crucified upon the fixed cross of the heavens so that all can be uplifted to the high point of exaltation. This law of service, therefore, is a subsidiary to the major law of sacrifice that governs human evolution. Service is thus the foundation for all of the other forms of activity associated with the eight-armed cross of the group laws. So you can see this form of impersonality, which is something that um, D.K. stresses in his books in terms of group evolution, is what is the keynote to the Aquarian a dispensation and you can see it in our little group here where, where everyone has their specialized niche and they're actually quite accomplished at what they do they're good at their forms of service work and it's that specialized niche that the masters of wisdom and I myself work to draw out of you and we put our swords together our forms of activity together and that produces the richness of the group service work and the plan is a get my books published um, b figure out all the different ways of teaching and healing the disciples of the world in accordance with the teachings from the books and from the masters of wisdom and our own internal revelations you can see that the group as a whole the sangha is the buddha and the Dharma is the Buddha, and the Buddha is the Buddha, and everyone, um, all three, give to produce the complete mandala of service work. It's cooperative service where each individual have got their ray qualities, the specific talents, and these blend in with the other ray quality, the other talents, to make the the beauty of the group. And And you can see through that mechanism, each individual will grow according to their particular ray line upwards to become more and more embracive of the ideal that is the heart of the ashram to which they belong. And so the ashrams interpenetrate, integrate into one field of service that way. As I said, this particular, the explanation of this particular law was brief because um, most people understand the law of service or the concept of service. And what I pointed out here is the essence of DK's books with a little bit of added stuff from my own meditations.